the stage is yours now. <laughs> Thank you. You're, you're kings. Uh, <laughs> this is your space. Yeah. We're just here to help you. We're super, super curious to learn uh, about what's happening in uh, Nigeria with Bitcoin Lightning Network. I mean, we're reading stuff on Twitter. We're reading stuff in the news. They're shutting down Twitter. They're trying to ban Bitcoin. Uh, but at the same time, Nigeria is adopting Bitcoin like there's no tomorrow. So it's really interesting to kind of to learn what's happening over there. Uh, so super happy that you guys wanted to, to host this space. You invite and remove people the way you want. Yeah. Thank you, Lucas. Thank you. Um, I mean, today's a really exciting day, right? <laughs> uh, World Bitcoin Day, Global Bitcoin Day, with everything that's happening in El, in El Salvador. And um, it's it's really interesting that Bitcoin is just some 12 years old. And, uh, you know, we're seeing these uh, unprecedented events happening. So uh, Bitcoin is around the world, you know, are really happy about this. And, you know, for us as Nigerians as well, a lot of lack of access to financial services were being closed from you know doing business with the world you know makes it a really big deal for us to you know to see this day you know happening so uh just a quick one uh, i'll quickly um introduce um Abubakar and um team since we can have three co-hosts uh in terms of Bakar and team yeah so Abubakar is a bitcoin core developer uh based out of nigeria uh, team is also a Bitcoin core developer, you know, from Nigeria, but you know, who moves around. So <laughs> I'm really passionate about this. Uh, they've been in the game for a while, for a really long time, and I'm very happy. You know, I think they'll have like <laughs> something to say because we've been hyped about this uh, all this while. So before we, you know, kind of dive into uh, the whole situation with Nigeria, you know, I just like want to quickly get their takes on, you know, what, what today means for, you know, for us as Nigerians seeing this happen in El Salvador. So, Tim, if you can hear me. Who, who, who is Tim? Uh, Takimbo. Is Takimbo. Yeah, Takimbo. Takimbo. Yeah. Takimbo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so uh, good evening, everyone. Good morning, wherever you are in the world. Uh, I think we can say that, you know, a lot of the hopes and the dreams we had for for Bitcoin uh, are, are happening so fast that um, a lot of us can't catch our breath. Um, I don't think most of us really thought that it would happen this quickly. But, you know, like Nikarta says, uh, it's gradually and then suddenly. And I think that is just kind of like what we're seeing with uh, El Salvador adopting Bitcoin as legal tender in the country. And I mean, I've just been watching with a lot of excitement, seeing a lot of Bitcoiners tweeting how they're making payments. Um, and you know, it, it, it kind of, one of the things I always tell people when they ask me, what is Bitcoin? Is that, you know, Bitcoin is a lot of things. Um, it's very hard for you to place a specific definition of what Bitcoin is. Is it store value? Is it medium of exchange? It's everything. It's, it's all of these, and it could be more. Um, I think what we're seeing today 
uh, what we're witnessing is Bitcoin actually being used as money and not just, you know, magical internet money, but it has become legal tender for a sovereign nation. Uh, and I think that is really phenomenal. Uh, as a Nigerian uh, and as a Bitcoiner in Nigeria, I think we kind of hold out that hope that this will happen to our country someday, that it will not just be, um, you know, some kind of asset that people use to protect their wealth from currency devaluation, uh, but that it will actually become, not maybe not, even if it's not legal tender, but it will become a currency that is accepted um, and uh, actually encouraged to be used on a national scale. Um, I'm pretty sure that what Bernard is doing is helping to pave the way for that to happen. And, um, you know, all we can do really is wait and, and uh, you know, hope that this will happen, not only in El Salvador, but in every nation of the world. So I'll just take a few and then, you know, anyone can chip in and, you know, anyone from the audience, I can see a lot of people from Nigeria who use Bitcoin a lot as well in the audience. So if anyone wants to chip in, you know, they can just uh, raise their hands and we'll bring them up. So, uh, you know, when Bitcoin started, you know, going to places like Nigeria, it was mostly like P2P where people, you know, used tools like WhatsApp, Telegram to, uh, you know, exchange Bitcoin. Uh, people met on the streets to like just trade Bitcoin P2P and recently or sometime in uh, February this year, the central bank basically said that, you know, all crypto service providers, you know, it should, you know, banks should cut them off. So financial institutions, banks should stop providing uh, crypto services to them. So basically what it meant was you couldn't use like say your card on an exchange to do a crypto transaction. So everyone had to like revert back to the old ways of doing P2P, uh, you know, where you meet someone on a platform and you know, you're able to exchange uh, Bitcoin for them. So we mostly use Bitcoin for, you know, uh, we use Bitcoin for different things, but I think the most common ones that I know of that I can speak off the top of my head right now is uh, for, 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 for a lot of people who do, who import stuff from, say, China, um, Nigeria, we have these restrictions where we can't, you know, spend more than $100 on our cards, on our debit cards every month. So, and there's like a lot of shortage of FX as well. So if you needed to like get, say, $100,000 to import goods from, say, China, you, you, you really can't do that for a lot of, people in Nigeria for a lot of businessmen and women. So they have to resort to using things like Bitcoin, uh, you know, to do like a P2P trade with someone who then settles their, uh, you know, their suppliers in China. So that's one of the biggest use cases. Of course, the people who do this are not so, like, good, maybe. I wouldn't say like they are the majority, that's like the major use case, but then there's like a set of people who do this. Um, I think within the millennials uh, and the Gen Zs, apart from the fact that, you know, they are trying to like save uh, money, protect themselves from inflation, 
uh, you know, they're able to like use things like Bitcoin to buy gift cards, use it on platforms, uh, you know, pay for things on platforms that uh, accept uh, Bitcoin and all of that. And that's apart from the fact that, you know, remittances, people are becoming more receptive to doing remittances with Bitcoin. So, of course, a simple way is, you know, if you are, let's say, in Spain right now and you want to send money to me in Nigeria, you know, I just need to give you my Bitcoin address and you're able to do that. And the way the Nigerian market is right now with Bitcoin is something that you can liquidate, you know, within five, 10 minutes. You're definitely going to find someone who will buy it from you. So I, I won't take all the use cases. I will leave it for, you know, the other speakers to uh, take all, uh, you know, and then, yeah. So Tim Abubakar, and if anyone, you know, from Nigeria also like has anything, just raise your hands and we'll bring you on. Is Abubakar back? Abubakar, can you, can you say something if you get back? Hello? Can you guys hear me? Yeah, we can hear you. Oh, okay. Go ahead. Uh, so yeah, you know, like Bernard and Takimba already said, the space has really progressed quite quite quick, honestly. Because in hindsight, I expected it to be like, I don't know, 2030-something before like nation states as a whole start adopting Bitcoin, not only as national currency, but actually in the treasuries as uh, El Salvador has already done. So yeah, I've been, I don't know, I've been ecstatic this whole morning. So why is it going to be this year? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, when I said I was like, "Damn, <laughs> this guy called it definitely." Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm just curious, mm -hmm. Abubakar. Um, uh, so your, your core, your Bitcoin core dev, correct? Oh uh, yeah, yeah. And uh, Takimbr, what, what do I say? Can, can I? Get <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think, I think, I think that's better. Takimbr. Takimbr, yeah. okay. Okay, Takimbr. Money printer, um, go brr. Money printer, go brr. Okay. Are, you all, are you also, um, you're also um, Bitcoin core dev? Uh, yeah, I, I like to describe myself as a Bitcoin core contributor. Okay, cool. So are there, are there a lot in, in Nigeria? I think it's like 200 million people, correct? Yeah, maybe we more. think so too. Yeah, so... <laughs> Like, are you are, are you the two? Are you the two guys, or is it like you know thousands of Bitcoin core devs in, in, in Nigeria? What like how does it look like the the dev community there? Um, well, maybe Bernard can say a little bit more about about that since he has quite uh, a few developers on his staff. But um, there are actually quite a number of there are lots of developers. Maybe not necessarily uh, Bitcoin core contributors or devs. Uh, but there are actually quite a number of Nigerians who are building different projects in the space, um, whether it's Bitcoin uh, or some other altcoin. But there are quite a few, I would say. Is it a lot of focus on altcoins or is Bitcoin a, a big focus in Nigeria? Uh, I would say that the altcoins have uh, have more mindshare um, because, well, naturally, I think you know, they have actually been involved in more of the advocacy for their own projects here in Africa. But I know that uh, Bernard is actually working on something to to make that change. Um, there's also been uh, some efforts too by Chaincode Labs. Uh, we I think we had um, we had a 
a, a small study group, I think last year, where we got a few um, devs who were interested in Bitcoin development. And we had um, a couple of weeks where we kind of like organized a study group and had each and everyone actually go through um, all the different concepts generally with regards to uh, how Bitcoin works, how Bitcoin development works, how Bitcoin core contribution works. Um, and I think, I think it's really more of uh, an awareness issue. So I think that there just has to be more efforts put into place to encourage uh, more of the local developers uh, who are really keen on, on, on developing on Bitcoin. Bernard, are you are you team lead uh, at at Bitnode, like tech team lead, or what's your what's your role? I'm the CEO. Damn, I'm so sorry for not doing my research. <laughs> no, that's all right. That's all right. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I know. Um, I think the only core contributors I know from Nigeria. Um, just Abubakar and um, team. I mean, I've been looking for them. I've been, I've been looking for them, so I couldn't really find them. Uh, so I, I'm trying to, you know, fix that in collaboration with other, you know, big names in the Bitcoin space. So we're trying to like really fix that, you know, so that by next year, in the next two years, you have more Bitcoin core developers around. I think when it comes to usage, uh, actually in Nigeria. Um, Bitcoin, core, Bitcoin has like, uh, you know, more usage uh, when it comes to like actual usage, actual utility, uh, you know, among the other cryptos in Nigeria. But uh, when it comes to like things like, you know, trading and all of that, people, have, people just trade whatever they want to trade, like it gets money. But then when it comes to actual utility, uh, Bitcoin is uh, way ahead. I think what's catching up right now is, and for very good reason, uh, is the usage of um, stable coins, you know, for emittances and all of those kind of things. So yeah, it's really it's still it's still it's still early days, but uh, of course, I think most of the adoption is driven by the fact that you know Nigerians just like try to uh, try to you know block them here. You know, they try to always find a way to uh, solve their own problems, and in many cases, uh, things like Bitcoin just you know solve those problems for them. Uh, so hence the, you know, space, the rapid increase Bernard. in adoption. Bernard, yeah. uh, when did you, when so you started this company? Yeah, yeah, I did. Okay. So you started Bitnob, uh, how many years ago? Ah, uh, I started, I said pet projects four years ago while I was still in Ghana. Um, but then we just, uh, kind of just went full time into it, uh, last year. Okay. And, uh, how big, how big is the team? Well, almost thirty. So, yeah. Are you self-funded or are you are you VC funded? No, no, no we're we're VC funded. We're VC funded. Um, with a distributed team, so across Nigeria and Ghana. Okay, and the the invest are you you're Bitcoin only, to my understanding. I checked your website and so. Yeah, on. yeah, we're Bitcoin. Only. Or are you? We're Bitcoin yeah. only. We're just focused okay. on fixing the money. Okay, so I'm curious about two things. How did they decide? Uh, how how did you decide to, to focus on Bitcoin only in such a, I mean, it, it, yeah, in an environment where there's plenty of shit coins and possibilities to kind of shit coin? <laughs> uh, uh, and, and how did you convince the investors to invest in, in a Bitcoin only company 
when, I mean, the mo- most of the VCs that I know, the only thing they care about is NFTs and shit coins. I mean, they're like shit coin dogs. <laughs> uh, uh, I think, um, I mean, the, the main reason why we decided to like focus on Bitcoin, even though that like a lot of other things, is just sending on what we want to build. So, uh, of course, you could you could choose to build like you know like have build a trading. What we're what we're trying to build was not like a trading platform. It was just uh, and. It's just a service that, you know, kind of just gives people a superior banking experience, right? Build on top of Bitcoin. Uh, Bitcoin is the most secure network, has the, you know, largest network effect, is more proven among all the cryptocurrencies. We believe in the ideals. And we believe that, you know, when you talk about sound money, it's just Bitcoin. So instead of like confusing people who are just coming into the space, they love a lot of cryptos, you know, and, you know, getting them into speculations, you know, our, our decision was just, okay, let's build something uh, focused on Bitcoin that actually solves their everyday problems. And they're not just thinking of it from like a trading uh, point of view. And I think uh, for the VCs, of course, you know, it's just not, um, a lot of times it's not just uh, about, you know, the business itself, itself as well. There's also, uh, you know, just supporting the founders, you know, with their vision. And for a lot of them, they think we, you know, we have what it takes to like actually pull this off. So, uh, and of course, if they want to do it with you, then most of the times they also want to do it, uh, you know, on your terms. So uh, it wasn't, um, I don't think it was really difficult for us, like convincing them, you know, to see the need for us to build something on a sound monetary system. But didn't they, didn't they tell you, Guys, come on, let's do a shitcoin together, Bernard. Why do you why do you waste your time with Bitcoin? Yeah, let's, uh, let's, let's. I mean, I do get it. Uh, I do get that sometimes, but uh, I just politely kill the conversation before everyone moves to the next level. <laughs> I, I love it. Hey, every, everybody in the audience. I mean, come up. Don't be shy. Yeah. I think the guys would love your questions. Samuel is here. I'm not here to be like the, the, the asking machine. Samuel is here. I want to ask him if he has bought his $30 worth of Bitcoin today. <laughs> yes, I did. I did it for DCA. But, oh, um, nice. Yeah, yeah. So uh, I just wanted to, um, you know, say hi to everybody. And once again, you know, um, is it, am I going to use the word rejoice with the fact that, you know, Bitcoin is getting uh, not just, you know, Bitcoin is not just becoming, you know, a P2P thing, but it's now something that, you know, it's been used, uh, is it nationwide? Yeah, more like countrywide. So, um, again, Lucas, Bernard is a very, very humble person. He's actually, you know, the CEO of a very, very top company. You noticed when you actually told him to, you know, introduce himself, he didn't still mention the fact that he was the CEO of uh, Bitnob. So um, I just want to, you know, throw in a little bit and, you know, drag him down to the scene. Um, they basically integrated Lightning into their, um, into their you know, Pro, um, project uh, or into their product and um, it was like I mean everybody saw it as just something or, you know something that people used you know to send money quicker but it had like so many benefits I was looking through their blogs and I was I, I noticed that you know I could use pay by moon I could like you know create um, a US um, card like a virtual card with pay by moon and get it funded via Bitnob and I was like 
this is not just you know me sending money anymore you know with this like lightning split this has so many much you know integrations and so many much advantages so i don't know if it, um, bernard would want to like you know shed more light on how lightning has you know not just hated you know sending money quicker but you know other parts of it <laughs> good oh my god okay thank you yeah so i, I think um I think for us, the most exciting thing about Lightning is that it just opens, uh, you know, up a world of possibilities. Uh, and for a lot of our users, you know, for a lot of Nigerians in the space as well, like this is their first interaction with Lightning. So it's like for a lot of people, they don't even, um, their eyes have not yet been opened to the many use cases, to the many problems that Lightning has solved. And, you know, for example, what Samuel was saying, uh, you know, the funny thing is with the Visa card one, uh, using Pay With Moon, uh, I know Pay With Moon, but I didn't actually know that, you know, they let users outside of the US do that. So Abubakar is here. Abubakar actually tried it first from the bit of It's like, Bernard, I just bought a Visa card. I just bought a virtual card uh, from Pay With Moon. And if... I was like, no, that's not possible. Uh, Pay with Moon only uh, allows U.S. residents. And we went to check their website again. And that's, no, no, no. Uh, you could only use the cards on U.S. websites. And it's a real big deal for us in Nigeria because, you know, just think of a situation where you have like a $100 limit on your card every month. And you go, oh, what can you do, you know? What can you do about it? Let's say you're paying for Netflix, you're paying for this, you're buying stuff from Amazon. It just becomes like, just becomes really difficult to leave. But then if you're able to like pay for a virtual card, fund a virtual card with $1,000, with $500, with even $5, uh, you know, via Lightning, like just changes a lot of things for you. So people are surprised that they're able to buy airtime with it, surprised they're able to like buy gift cards with it. So people are like finding really utilitarian. I think that's like the exciting part of it because it got to a point where uh, using Bitcoin for, you know, everyday kind of transactions was becoming more difficult. So with Lightning, uh, you know, that becomes a tad bit much easier. Well, I, you know, I know that um, Tim, for example, has like been working on Lightning for like a really long time too. So I'm pretty sure that like, you know, he has like perspectives to share on this. Hey, Tim, are you here? Yeah, I'm still here. Hello. Talking brrr. We had um, a Twitter Spaces uh, session a couple of weeks ago, um, and we were talking about some of the, uh, what would I say, some of the promising use cases for Lightning in Africa. And... Um, well, many people don't know this, but the very first lightning remittance transaction in the world was actually done between Nigeria and Zimbabwe. Um, so it was, I was, uh, I took in that transaction and I had someone in Zimbabwe who was going to be the recipient. Uh, we used a company called Bitmari uh, that actually does Bitcoin remittances in, in Zimbabwe. Uh, one of the things you have to understand about the fiat uh, infrastructure in Africa is that it's extremely limited. 
uh, and it's even you know most of the most of the, uh, the the financial networks are also disconnected. So it's extremely difficult to, if not nearly impossible, for you to send money from a place like Zimbabwe to Nigeria or or Ghana or or Kenya. Um, and so when you have someone who wants to maybe pay a freelancer who's done some work for them, who lives in some other country other than Zimbabwe, um, it's extremely difficult for them to do that. At least they can't use their own local banks to, to carry out that transaction. Uh, and so it was a really big deal that we were able to carry out a remittance transaction in a couple of seconds uh, from Nigeria to, to, to Zimbabwe. Uh, and we've seen, um, you know, a lot of use cases for remittances across the world. And so we do actually see that there's a very significant use case. Uh, Bitnow, for example, is already allowing uh, that, those kind of transactions to happen. So Lightning actually opens up a lot of potential uh, for using Bitcoin not only as store of value, but also as a medium of exchange. Uh, it's an open financial network. So, for example, you don't have to take any permission from anyone in order to send money to uh, a Bitnob user in Nigeria. Um, it's an open financial network. So wherever you are, if you're in Vietnam or you're in Cambodia, um, all you need is a Lightning invoice generated from the Bitnob app, and you can send money from Cambodia to Nigeria. It's, it's, it's really that open. And Jack Miles actually did, uh, uh, demonstrated a transaction where he was able to send, I think, about $5 from the U.S. to Nigeria. He, prior to that time, he had not had any engagement with, with uh, Bernard, uh, and he doesn't need to. I think this is really where um, people will start to understand how big an impact this technology is going to create. I mean, with Bitcoin on-chain is, is, is great, but when you want to do microtransactions, when you want to do uh, applications that are targeting merchants' applications, or uh, you want to be able to do quick and easy peer-to-peer -peer transactions, Lightning is that technology that allows Bitcoin to deliver on, on that promise. Uh, so, yeah. I think I think we're just only going to start seeing. We're only just going to continue seeing more use cases for Bitcoin around the world um, as the time goes. Thank you, thank you. Hey, let me bring Carla hey, up. I, I'm gonna bring up Carla. Yeah, bring Carla up. <laughs> and uh, I, I just I just want to say I'm 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 actually getting goosebumps listening to you guys. I feel like I'm listening to the future. Like you're you're uh, yeah. I mean, Jack Mollers and Strike, they got a lot of attention, but um, I mean, listening to you, it, I'm getting this like very real vibe uh, that, yeah. Um, and uh, if you agree with me in the audience, I mean, come on, let's, uh, let's retweet uh, like crazy and make everybody listen to these guys because I'm just loving listening to this. Hi, Carla. Hi, guys. Hey, welcome. Yeah, so we're just talking about lightning and uh, Bitcoin adoption in, you know, Nigeria and then, you know, an African perspective as well. So you've been in the space for a while. 
Uh, so, you know, what I taught them around adoption and, you know, how you see things, uh, you know, panning out in the future. Um, sure. I think that, um, you know, I've been in space for a while, as you say, and I've been predominantly lightning focused almost immediately from when I really formally started working on Bitcoin, which was back in 2018. I was working in an exchange, and one of the things we had was a merchant solution where people could pay Bitcoin to a merchant, and then the exchange would provide them with the service of immediately transferring into fiat. And a lot of the issues that we saw when we were trying to provide merchants with that solution is that the exchange operated mostly in emerging markets. So South Africa was a big one for them. Malaysia, back when they had uh, less strict regulations, was another. And even when merchants wanted to sort of build up a Bitcoin balance and not trade directly into fiat, it became quite impractical for them to kind of get their money out of the exchange in Bitcoin because they were looking at much smaller amounts. Um, so I was almost immediately drawn to Lightning. It just really made sense to me. It makes sense for countries where your uh, denominated value is a much lower amount. And I do think it is just how we are going to scale Bitcoin to the next billion people, as we like to think about it at Lightning Labs. Uh, what I think about is, is really interesting with Lightning is now how do we, you know, because we're kind of seeing this kind of adoption in El Salvador and these really practical solutions, but what I'm now starting to think about, and I think is really interesting, is right. How are we going to bring all of these people into Lightning? You know, how what are we going to have to change on the base layer to perhaps you know enable people to onboard into Lightning, non-custodial, with a single transaction to create multiple channels, and all the kind of exciting tech that there is around that those solutions. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Yeah. So. Um... Who, you know, let's, let's, let's take more questions, you know, just ask us anything. 